The Sharks' second power play unit stinks. Uh, the Sharks can't come back. And airing of grievances on this special Saturday night live edition of Locked on Sharks. So all that and more today's episode. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to a live edition of Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, tank commander and contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can subscribe on YouTube as well. We're doing a live Saturday night edition uh, of these as the Sharks lose seven to four to the Canucks. Where we will be uh, breaking down this game, talking about how the second power play unit um, is not the greatest. Um, digging into numbers and then the airing of the grievances. Uh, where I'll basically be answering your questions. So uh, if you are watching on YouTube right now, please go ahead and leave a comment and I'll try to answer your question, whatever. I'll try to answer it uh, at the end of the show. Uh, so yeah, seven to four lost the Canucks. Um, and my big takeaway is the Sharks kind of, that's the second power play unit, I think was kind of the, the big issue for the Sharks tonight as they lost. Uh, they, they gave up two goals, two goals, as the power play expired and that second unit, basically when it come came on the ice each time was just a, like um, the guy fumbling the, the car wash materials meme. Like they couldn't like on the power play, like your the second unit power play is just to kind of like their whole thing is like, if you can't score a goal, just keep the momentum going, at least going into five on five, right? That that's the whole thing. Like, can you at least keep the momentum going, going into five V five play? Um, and they could not do it tonight. Uh, again, two goals, literally one is literally as the, the power play expired. Another one, like five seconds afterwards. And that was two goals was a huge, huge, uh, um, that was a huge reason why the Sharks lost tonight seven to four. Uh, you know, I know Quinn Hughes getting an empty netter, but I mean, the Sharks did a great job of kind of keep getting back into this game, right? They, you know, be down by two, get back in this game, down by two. They tied it right two to two, down by two again, kind of get back behind, and they just keep getting within a goal. And every time you get an opportunity with one of these power plays, you just can't quite convert. And then the Vancouver Canucks were able to, to you know, kind of get that lead back to two goals again tonight. And it's just frustrating. Uh, and But that's kind of what the Sharks have been this year, right? It's just been very frustrating to try to watch um, as you feel like they're really close at times. And, you know, they, they got goals, right? You got goals from Dillon. Um, you got goals from Duclair that became a Grandland goal. You got goals from, like, Hurdle. Like, you got goals from some of the... Um, really like you got goals from some of the top guys and you just couldn't get uh couldn't kind of facilitate and and really kind of bring the you know bring it back so um 
other than that, I mean, you know, that this this game felt really weird. Like it 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 felt like there was a lot more shots than there actually was. Like each team only had you know twenty five shots in this game, and it it felt like actually I. It felt like the both teams had like 35 shots, but, um, you know, we'll dig into the numbers here a little bit, but it's just this game credit to the Sharks, right? They, they don't give up and they fight hard and, and stuff, but it's just, uh, you see why Vancouver is an absolute wagon. Um, and they, they took advantage of their opportunities and the Sharks did not, um, Mario Ferraro with three assists tonight. Is Mario Ferraro good? Question mark. Uh, man, I like. Yes, I know he had three assists tonight, but I don't think he had a good night. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. Um, with with his with the way he played tonight. Um, had he his one of his he was on the ice as the second power play unit. You know, as the power play is expiring, trying to make a cross ice pass that just gets intercepted, and then it's going the other way. Um. And like, yes, I know he had three assists and, you know, he had a really nice assist on the ZLM one, but the, a lot of the other ones were just him kind of making a pass and somebody else doing a lot of the work. Um, and I don't think hats off to Ferrar for the three assists production is very nice, but I don't think he had a great night. That's just me. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I just, I don't think Mario Farr had a great night tonight, despite the three assists. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the Sharks team is, it's, it is what it is with the Sharks team. So, um, you know, especially it's the top two lines have to do a lot of the work. Um, and the top two lines did a lot of work tonight. And the bottom six is the bottom six. And the defense is still kind of trying to figure things out. And Blackwood, Blackwood had a, I was really hoping for like the bounce back Blackwood game, right? And we haven't really seen that type of game. And not to say that Blackwood paid, played poorly tonight. You know, I think maybe a goal or two he'd probably want back but like um he was also kind of hung out to dry a lot by his defense right how many odd man rushes were kind of coming back to him but we haven't had that that blackwood goal or that blackwood performance from the beginning of the season right it's definitely been kind of capo his net the past couple you know i guess kind of since the start of december um and you know it was interesting that quinn went back to blackwood tonight even though they have been you know kind of alternating between them um maybe to try to build up some confidence going into you know the christmas break here um especially because again it's not like blackwood's played poorly but it's just we haven't had the same blackwood that we had at the beginning of the season and um you know it's it's regression to the i think regression to the mean right we weren't expecting there's no way blackwood could could continue to play the way he played the beginning of the season right we're literally carrying the sharks and making them competitive especially during their uh 10 and one start um to start the season but like yeah, it's the Sharks scored four goals, right? And we haven't gotten a lot of four goal performances for the Sharks recent years, and you would or recently, and you would have hoped that if you score four goals, you should be at least pretty close, an opportunity to win this game. And the Sharks did have plenty of opportunities to win this game. Um, and you know, again, he made some great saves. There's a uh, Elias Pedersen one who is Elias Pedersen is basically wide open, left all alone by himself in the, the in front of the net. And he, uh, 
uh, Blackwood got over and, and made the save, but we just haven't seen those game stealing performances, I guess is the best way to put it from Blackwood. And that's, that's kind of what you're hoping for at some point. Um, maybe getting some time off here with the holidays and kind of coming back strong, but you know, the, the, Sharks come back from Christmas and they play um, the Kings, who we just saw what happened last week when they played them. And then they play the Oilers and back to back game like that. That's that's a rough start to kind of start your season again, you know, kind of restart. I think uh, if I recall correctly, I think they even played Colorado here as well, too. So it's like uh, that that's a kind of a brutal start to come back from the, the holidays here. So, you know, especially as you're on your yeah, let me correct that. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, then they play at Colorado. So that is, that's a tough start after the Christmas break. I mean, the Sharks are on a five-game losing streak. And um, it looks like they could make, get this up to eight here, which is, if you're in the tanking business, like some of us are, not the best, worst way to go. But, um, yeah, it's it's you want to see one of those kind of game-stealing performances from Blackwood. So uh, we'll dig into the numbers here in a little bit. Uh, we'll answer some of your questions and grievances as we're hanging out here on a Saturday night edition of Locked on Sharks. So just as a reminder, no Monday episode. I uh, will have an episode for you guys Tuesday morning. I uh, have an interview. Uh, pretty good interview if i do say it to myself so make sure you guys are following wherever you uh, get your podcasts and of course you can watch on youtube as well if you're watching on youtube right now go ahead and make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button if you have not already so i uh, will get to the numbers here in just one second all right um so five v five we had about 45 minutes of uh, time on ice of 5v5 um 47 to 30 shot attempts in favor of the canucks um course you 40 61 sorry 6104 to 38.96 again in favor of the canucks um actual shots for at 5v5 was 18 to 18 scoring chances 21 to 13 in favor of the canucks 8 to 8 high danger chances and then 1.72 to 1.52 expected goals for in favor of the Sharks. Um, so the Sharks, kind of what we've seen recently, they, they've done a good job of making their shots count. A lot of very close to the net shots, like the, the quality over quantity um, in favor of the Sharks. But again, they just could not kind of take advantage of, of the opportunities uh, that they had. And especially, I think, giving up those two uh, two goals right af- as the power play expired or right after the power play, I think is kind of what broke the Sharks back. They just don't have the talent to kind of overcome uh, some of those situations. So um, Sharks forward lines. So uh, we had Eklund, Hurdle, Zadina, um, Hoff- Zetterling, Granlund, Duclair, Hoffman, Kyan, Bailey. Uh, and then we had uh, McDonald. Donald LeBanc and uh, Sunika, um, of course, with McDonald being a defenseman, he's not really going to show up on the forward lines here. I think he also did kind of slide back and play some defense as well. Um, I know Vlasic was kind of in and out of the lineup as well. Um, but let's look at the forward lines. So Equin Hurdle Zadina did play 10 16 uh, time on ice. Nine to seven shot attempts, uh, six to one actual shots. Uh, did have two goals and gave up one as well. Uh, 0.68 to 0.15 expected goals, uh, four, um, four to four, excuse me, scoring chances, three to one high danger chances, 
and then 472 for the zone starts. So uh, not what we saw the other night from them, but still a pretty solid night from them, especially against this um, high-powered Canucks uh, team kind of did feel like the Canucks were very much in the like kind of let's just get out of here. Um, you know, they were trying, I think, trying to get up two or three goals and just kind of get out of here. But uh, credit to the Sharks again for kind of battling back. So I want to keep seeing this line going forward again. I know that the schedule coming out of the Christmas break isn't the 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 greatest, but I want to kind of see how this line continues to kind of grow and develop. And it seems like. <laughs> Since Sedin has gotten back from his injury, um, he kind of has really kind of found his game again. And I really like the way that these three guys are playing together. So um, as for the Zetterlin Grandland Duclair line, 925, 12 to 10 shot attempts. Um, and then actual shots was 8 to 3, 1 to 1 goals, 0.76 to 0.25 expected goals for um, 6 to 6 scoring chances and 3 to 1 high danger chances um, with 6 to 6 zone starts. So um, not too bad for, for those guys as well. Uh, we can't, we know what those guys are, right? And they, and had a couple other chances, you know, I think Duclair had that kind of wraparound chance that almost, uh, was, was, you know, turned into a goal. And, uh, Granlin had one kind of where, you know, uh, that's your Demko got over the last second and, and stoned him. Um, those guys have been playing well. I, I don't see any reason to continue to, to break those guys up. Um, the Hoffman, Cunning, Bailey line, uh, 722, two shot attempts for seven gave up. Um, shots four was one to two point zero one expected goals, four to point zero eight. Um, so yeah, kind of whatever from that line tonight. I, I think the, um, I feel like the third line, the Canucks had a really, really good night tonight. Um, that Dakota Joshua line that they were kind of doing whatever they wanted to and kind of let's dig into those guys. So, uh, yeah, the Dakota Joshua line, um, played really well. They had 11 shot attempts, gave up six, um, three to four actual shots against. So, um, yeah, that, the, that Canucks team is really deep and that third line is really good for the Canucks. So, um, as for our dude, Mackenzie Blackwood, and I'll kind of look at some of the defensemen here and see how they performed tonight as well. So, um, I don't know why, or he, there was an empty netter. I don't know why they're charging him with their goals against, but, um, 19 saves on 26 shots. It should be 20 saves on 20 or 19 saves on 25 shots. But anyway, um, 2.53 expected goals against 731 save. Yeah. Three high danger saves on six high danger danger shots. Four mid danger saves on seven mid danger shots, and ten for ten low danger uh, shots. So, um, my cat is wanting to get out, but sucks for her. Um, yeah, just just ugh. not the performance that we, I think we were really kind of hoping for for Mackenzie Blackwood. So, um, as as he's just I think still trying to kind of refined his game recently here so um for the defense pairs kind of we'll pull up their uh on money puck here look at their um how they play tonight um let's pull the Corsi defensive pairing so um for our Ruda uh sorry for our bros excuse me um 40 percent Corsi for six shots for nine against um this is all at 5v5. Ahochek Ruda, um, 40% as well. 
Um, sorry, excuse me. Frog Bros, 42.31. Uh, Hoja Karuda, 40%. And Thrun Vlasic, 30%. Uh, had three shots for, gave up seven at 5v5. Um, I know they're dealing with injuries in here, but Vlasic just... Every time he's on the ice, man, it's it's tough, uh, tough to watch. So, um, and he did leave the ice for a little bit, and I think they kind of maybe slid McDonald back to kind of play with him because I think it's easier to run uh, eleven forwards than five defensemen. That's kind of the nice thing about having Jacob McDonald, where you can kind of slide him in and out wherever you want to uh, forward defense, whatever you need um, from him. He's been kind of able to do that for the Sharks. So, it had another goal tonight. I'm just pondering out loud if a team comes asking for Jacob McDonald services, just having that flexibility uh, where you can play, you know, fourth line for you. You can play defense for you in a pinch, like just having that flexibility. Um, you just kind of wonder. So yeah, Vlasic only played 11 minutes tonight. Uh, Hochek played 10, 27 McDonald um, played seven Oh three. And that's kind of forward defense right there. Um, Mario Farr played 27 minutes. I, Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's your answers. Where did all the minutes go? Mario Ferraro had all the minutes, literally played all the minutes tonight. So um haven't had any questions. If you're watching on YouTube, please add questions here. I'm going to start uh, digging into those. If not, I'll, I'll talk about maybe my some of my grievances or maybe talk about the Cuda who've like, lost, who gave up, had eight penalties tonight, eight penalties tonight and lost three to two. So uh, we'll get to all that here in just uh, one second. All right. Um, Jason asks, says, I'm a beast for dual coverage. Yeah, covering both. I, if you're curious, the Sharks on the big screen at the laptop where I have both the CUDA game and then the Sharks game kind of like on a little bit of a delay so I can make the clips uh, and the CUDA game with the volume up so I can kind of bounce in between both of them. Um, but tough. Uh, yeah, it's been it was tough tonight to try to especially with the kuda where they started out so well uh, up to nothing and it kind of looked like they were just going to roll in this game but second period um literally just a parade of penalties to the box for um just a parade of penalties to the box and they just couldn't get any consistent play after spending like it felt like they were on the penalty kill for 10 straight minutes credit to the penalty kill they played well tonight but you can't just keep doing that and then uh, expect to kind of get back out there. But um, really impressed with Mookum Dillon's game, man. He's really starting to come on for the Sharks, and I'm very ex- excited to see when he eventually gets called up. Don't do it now. Do it as, as you know, after the trade deadline. Um, but I wanted, I'm really excited in the direction of Shakir Mookum Dillon, where he's going. So um, what do you think is causing an inconsistent play for the Sharks? And why is goaltending the Achilles heel for the Sharks? Um, inconsistent play for the Sharks this year, I think it's just, they're just not talented enough, you know? Um, and I think you have so many moving pieces, right? I mean, look at, the Sharks have the most games lost this year because, due to injury, right? Um, it's hard to have any consistent sort of play when you're shuffling the lineups. Um, you know, only... Zettelin and Ferraro are the only two guys who've played every game this year. Um, and it's just tough to be consistent. And, you know, and especially now when you're down, you know, three, three of your top five forward, you know, or centers, excuse me, 
right? Um, no Logan Couture the entire season. Nico Stern sounds like he's going to be out for a little bit with his whatever procedure on his hand or wrist, whatever it was. Um, and then Ryan Carpenter is kind of supposed to be your fifth forward that you can kind of play up if you need to, or, um, you know, he's been out as well. Like Luke Cunning is having, having to play third line center. I think the, that's, I think that's why you've seen the top two lines play so well. Because you've had pretty consistent play recently from Hurdle and Granlin. Um, you know, I know Hurdle missed a game with a kidney stone, and but like for you know, he's been arguably the Sharks' best forward uh, this entire season. Granlin, I think, after coming back from his injury, um, you know, he's been outstanding for the Sharks and really solidified that second forward. I think or the second center spot. I think if you get once you get Couture back and it sounds like you know it looks he's skating started practicing so hopefully uh you know maybe beginning of the new year we can start to kind of you know start to talk about uh Couture making his debut and where he slots in and stuff but um I really think um that's been the big issue right they, they just haven't had guys healthy down the middle and guys healthy and slotted in the correct positions. Right. Um, Luke Cunning, like I said, if he's your fourth line center, okay, cool. Um, but he's been kind of having to play third line center. And I think if Kotor gets back and you can kind of put him there and then everyone kind of fits in their spots better. I think, uh, Cunning can play, you know, Cunning's your third line winger with Hoffman. All right, cool. That's sign me up for that. Or Vera Banov is on there with with uh, with Hoffman, and then Cunnan's playing on the fourth line with a uh, fourth line of like LeBanc, uh, Nico Sturm, and Luke Cunnan. That that like that's awesome. That that's a really solid fourth line um, that can give you a little bit of scoring pop. Can you know, and you're going to get good defense out of uh, Nico Sturm. Um, like I, I think that's you know they're just they've been hit so hard with injuries. Um, I think that's why it's you know been such a problem and you know even on the blue line right um benning's been out and you know yes benning's fine but you know now not having kaylin addison i think not having kaylin addison also hurts your second power play unit because again kaylin addison has been a really good addition on the power play uh and now think you we've noticed things have kind of started to fall apart on the second power play unit so i think that's it um you also mentioned goaltending um goaltending this year has been great like i mean this this you, you can't complain about but the goaltending recently I, I think it's i wonder if now with new coaching is maybe some new voices that we've started to see um you know like thomas spears who was hired by uh last year and i think you're starting to kind of see that fruit bear you know especially with capo kakadin who a lot of sharks fans last year were like just done with him um and he's been playing really really well right now and he's been you know i know it's a contract year for him but um that doesn't hurt either but like he's been playing really well and he's looked consistent with him and you know with mackenzie blackwood and i know he hasn't played the same as he has beginning the season i still think uh i still think that is you know look at mackenzie blackwood when he was playing with the devils like it was he was hurt it just wasn't the same so um yeah, we'll see if this. I mean, goaltending so fluky. We could be at this time next year we're talking about, man, you know, the gold, Sharks goaltending is falling apart. Um, you know, the forwards and the, you know, the skaters are playing well, but now we don't have any questions. Now we have a lot of questions with goaltending. So uh, I think unless you have like a superstar goaltender, I think it's just such a year to year proposition. So Berserker asks, in Woodworking, why is a dovetail joint shaped more like a pigeon's tail? Um, I don't know. I think 
dovetail sounds more elegant than a pigeon's tail. Uh, that's probably why they they uh, probably use that term. So um, because yeah, it, it sounds more. You know, look at this fine piece of furniture with the, this dovetail I did, and you're like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, instead of look at this fine piece of furniture with a pigeon tail, um, you're probably like, Ugh. I don't know connotation of pigeons pigeons are dirty so um jason it's, J it's just the jason show i guess to ask all the questions tonight so uh who's impressing the most on the cuda and who we see post trade deadline so uh i think most impressive i guess well mvps i, guess, I don't know if it was mvps are impressive um Daniel Gushin uh, has been awesome all season. Uh, another point tonight, uh, his pat kind of he, on the second goal, he kind of set up the, he, he got the second assist, but he did a lot of that work on there on the nice tic-tac-toe play. Um, he'll get some playing time. Um, Muka Madulin, I think I, is the guy I'm most impressed with this season, especially from where we saw him last year. And I know he, he played pretty well down the stretch last year uh, come to now. At the beginning of the season, I think he's really focused on like the finer detail, the the finer defensive details of his game, and maybe he was kind of I don't want to say sacrificing his offense, but more focused on his details of his defensive game. And we didn't see the offensive productions, but now we're seeing both, right? And that that's what you want to do is as you kind of add tools, make sure you're not losing and forgetting the other stuff you did. So. Uh, I've been really impressed with Mukba Dolan's game. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Sharks. Um, the further we get away from this team of Meyer trade, the more and more it feels like the Sharks might have won the, the, the team of Meyer trade, especially with Quentin Musty. Uh, I know the OHL is on break right now, but Quentin Musty is looking like a potential home run for the Sharks. And um, Mukum Dolan has been playing well, and Fabian Zerlin look like looks like a totally different dude than what we saw last year. And um, Hochuk's been okay-ish. Um, you know, he hasn't been my favorite defenseman, but um, I, I think, I, but uh, to go back to your question, though, I, I think the guys who we'll see past the dread deadline, um, we'll probably see, we'll see Bordolo, uh, we'll see Mukumadulin, uh, and I think we'll see Gushin for sure. I'd love to see Gavanke as well because I think he's played really, really well for for the Barracuda um, this season as well. So um, those are the guys I think we will see for sure. Maybe Robbins. Um, I don't know. He just got back from you know I, think, I believe they finally announced he had an ankle injury and they hurt in the preseason. He finally got back tonight uh, or yesterday. So we'll see. If they just kind of let him play in the AHL this year and, and kind of get back to form, especially losing basically half a season. So um, those are the guys I'm kind of circling. Um, maybe Ozzy or maybe Co, but I, I think, I think it's kind of those three guys are the the guys I expect to see on the the Sharks this year after the uh, trade deadline. So and then maybe Gavanke, depending on how many players they move out of, you know, to kind of see right this Gavanke's, you know, kind of the ways he's 24 now um, hasn't gotten an AHL chance. Um, hasn't gotten his NHL chance. So maybe they might reward him with his NHL chance this year, you know, NHL opportunity, especially because he's played really, really well. So um, this season. So, um, and you know, you want to kind of reward those guys. Right. And Gavanke put in his time and deserves to play NHL games at some point. I think he's, I think he's been really fun to watch on the Barracuda, especially if you're watching night in night out that, 
Mukumadul and Gavanke pairing was a little kind of roller coaster at the beginning of the season, but it seems like they really have kind of figured things out here. So um, if you guys have any more questions, go ahead and drop them in right now and I'll kind of answer one or two more before we get out of here. Um, and then again, make sure if you are watching on YouTube, if you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe. And we've got a great, great interview coming on Tuesday morning, probably like 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'll probably release it. Um, you know, you know, spend time with the whole, uh, the family and everything like that. So I'll probably tease it, though. You'll probably get a nice clip for it at some point on Sunday, but uh, kind of announcing who it is. But yeah, Tuesday morning, we'll have the actual uh, interview for a certain player who is uh, currently on the Sharks roster. So we'll just put it at that. So, um, but yeah, uh, you guys, no more questions. Um Thank you guys, of course, for everything you guys do to kind of help support the show. Uh, really appreciate it. So it, it's been, uh, I know the Sharks team has been brutal to watch this year, but, you know, you guys keep coming back for more and more content. Um, I can only say that the Sharks stink so, so, so many times, but you guys keep coming back. Uh, so we're going to start draft coverage here really soon. Uh, we got World Junior stuff coming up like this the prospects the children are our future we'll keep watching those uh and keep thinking about sharks of better days and i think we can start maybe having the uh the is will smith coming this year so uh i got of course i got the cat i'm a dolphins fans of course i have the dolphins fan tomorrow the dolphins tomorrow come on how would how could i not pick the dolphins dolphins win tomorrow uh we'll see we'll go 31 27 dolphins so um all right that's going to be it for me tonight. Um, enjoy you guys' Christmas holidays, uh, all that fun stuff. Spend some time with uh, family, friends, loved ones, all that. Um, and we'll be back on Tuesday, like 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, with a really good interview. So until then, bye, friends. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.